If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You are listening to Cracking the Rich Code with Miss Marilee, your insider's club from authors and entrepreneurs across the country, giving us their best to help us crack the rich code. And now, here is Miss Marilee. Welcome, everyone, to Cracking the Rich Code. I am Miss Marilee. Today is going to be another fun episode. Last night on Cracking the Rich Code, uh, my co-author, Lauren Brenner, She interviewed me and my chapter, and today is my turn to interview her. Lauren is a complete firecracker, powerhouse. Uh, Her story is uh, a roller coaster of emotion, and um, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, when I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, my goodness, my stomach was like, ugh, poor girl. And But before we get to that, I'd like to get to know Lauren a little bit and get some background to see how she can uh, manage all this stuff because it's not easy being an entrepreneur. Uh, you're flying blind. You know, you're out there just, uh, you made a decision to be an entrepreneur, but you have no idea what's to come, how are you going to do it, how are you going to get there, and the challenges you're going to face. So, you know, the bottom line is you're going to take a hit. <laughs> And that's part, of, that's part of the game. But that's okay. So let me, without any further ado, I want to get Lauren here on the show because she, like I said, she's completely amazing. She's not only my co-author and she's a, um, a co-superhero with me. She's my friend, fitness guru, TV personality, a mother, a wife, a mentor to children. I mean, she just, it just goes on and on. So I'm going to bring her on and let you hear from her and, uh, Lauren, are you there? Wow, I love my intro. Hello, Marilee, my beautiful woman. <laughs> Thank you so much for such a great intro. I have to have you introduce me more often. I feel so good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, you deserve it. <laughs> oh, Thank gosh, today we're going to have some fun because, you know, I, I definitely do not want to just dive into your chapter because, oh, you're in the car? <laughs> I'm this in the car. Run. I'm in the car. I'm in the. I'm on the run, but I'm here and totally present. Okay. Well, I appreciate you being here and fitting us into your schedule. Okay. Before we get into your chapter, I want to get a little bit of background on how you became you. You know, like how what oh. makes you such a powerhouse? Like, what did you go through? We need cocktails for this one. But okay, <laughs> we can we can get this going. We can get okay. this going. Um. I really think that being an athlete my entire life really formed a lot of who I am and my determination and my perseverance and my resilience. And I'm a huge advocate for girls playing sports and being on sports teams. And I think since I was a little girl, I was always playing sports and being competitive and really, but testing myself, not about being competitive about other people. It was always about making myself better, stronger. And 
it was it was a part of who I am, part of my fiber. I think mm-hmm. um, I was also always surrounded by boys. I don't think I have a female cousin or anyone in my life, and so it was a very uh, kind of like to survive. My my dad treated me like I grew up as a tomboy. I was the only mm-hmm. girl on little league. I was the only girl playing hockey. Um, I played tackle football. So there was no there was no play with Lauren with like kid gloves. And mm. I think there was a big thing for me to break the stereotype that that women, you know, needed to only be get married and have children and that was kind of like the the thing to do, you know, to find your husband when you're in college and that was like a many 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 of my girls that I knew, that, that was their thing. And I'm not putting that down. It just wasn't for me. Sure. And I had to find uh, – I'm getting pulled over, actually. You won't believe this, but I'm actually getting pulled over right now. Oh, for being on my goodness. They just broke. Your life is did fabulous. not stop with these stories. <laughs> well, how is she going to handle this? <laughs> Um, okay, so Lauren dropped off for a moment, and I am going to continue the show and hope that, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, maybe she was on the phone and at the, oh, goodness, I can, oh, oh my, my listeners. Okay, I'm going to have to pick up from here. And if she doesn't come on within the next, you know, 10 minutes or something, I'm going to assume it didn't go well. And we'll hear about that story later. I'll have her back on. Uh, Okay, so listening to her, though, right, she grew up as a tomboy. Now, from what I know of Lauren, she's she's real, um, like, hard, fast New Yorker who wants to get to the bottom of things, tell me the facts. And she'll make a decision and go for it. Now, she doesn't like to be padded or anything like that. So when I'm, I'm reading her story and thinking about who she is, how she's, you know, this co-author, right? And how her determination to make something out of nothing. It was basically her passion. And this is literally the story of every entrepreneur in, in these books and this series when I read these chapters, I mean, honestly, we're all the same. We are all the same. And the, what makes the difference is courage. You know, some of us just say, you know, what, I'm going to go for this. And others have that same desire, but circumstance and fear gets in the way. The negative self-talk gets in the way and time gets away. So even with the best intentions, it's like you're thinking about it, thinking about it, and you're thinking about it all day, and you put it on the shelf because, you know, life happens. you got to tend to it. Next day, same thing. And it's the same hamster wheel every day of good intentions, but nothing is getting done. You're not moving toward that. And honestly, that's a lack of self-love because you're giving your time and your energy to everything uh, that serves everyone else. And a lot of times, you know, we think that's good for us because we're supposed to love our brother, right? We're supposed to do for others. And so we spread ourselves really thin, trying to keep everything 
together. All of our balls are in the air. You know, we got our house in order, trying to have it in order, which all of us knows how much work that takes. You know, and then you have to show up and be at a job for so many hours. You have to do that to keep that roof over your head. And so to break out of that and actually say, no, I, this is what I'm going to do. It only takes a little chip, a little decision, and put one thing into action. And that is a lot of times just writing it down. This is what I want. Let the universe know what you want. And uh, honestly, that's that's what Lauren did. And, and what she created was amazing. So you know what? She's back on. Let me get her on here and we're going to finish and we'll see what happened. <laughs> Girl, are you there? You can't make this up, man. That's just a day in the life of LB. You know, being that entrepreneur, making it happen. Pulls oh over. Uh, hands free wasn't working, but we had a rally and persevere. And I was like, my uh, friend, uh, officer, nice man that you are. I'm being interviewed right now. We don't have time for this. He actually let me go. Oh, that, now that's nice. See, now and that, that we need to give credit to the universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yes. but with, you know, everything happening in the media and all, you know, the police getting all this backlash and whatnot and for, for a policeman to do something like that and let you go, you know, high five, high Here's five. The good news. You ready? The book was on my front. It's in my, in my front seat. And I'm like, he's like, Oh, that's you. I said, yes, that is, a, that is me. And I'm being interviewed. And I, I, I did not put my signal on coming out of the gas station. Oh gosh. Classic, but I, and he said, you know what? If I have a good interview, signal next time. I said, thank you so much, officer. All good things to you. <laughs> and here we are. And I apologize. For not signaling. Dear Lord. Can't make it up. Can't make I tell it up. you, the control is out of control. I mean, really. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that he let you go. That was that was the honorable thing to do. It was it was a humanly thing to do, you know? Uh, exactly. Res- I was like, really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he could have been a robot and just wrote it and not cared. Could have went the other way. Exactly. But anyway, let's pick up on our story. Yeah. Let's pick up. So, so you were telling us about, about how you grew up. And I really think that honing, uh, being competitive, being in sports, being kind of always trying to push the envelope and always searching for more. And I had to find my own, uh, I had to make it my own impact. I wanted to put an imprint on, on society. And I wasn't sure exactly how that was going to play out. And I, I spent several years on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Um, well, first I played competitive tennis at Syracuse University, being a Division One player. And mm-hmm. let's go back for a second. And I got attacked by a dog and had 64 stitches in uh, my face and a broken nose and almost lost my eye. Oh, um, but I goodness. didn't take any time off at school, and my parents were like, I was back in school in two weeks. And remember, you're like a freshman in high school walking around with major stitches all over your face. So there was a lot of, there was no, like, coddling. And I think that in oh, some wow. ways it was a good thing for me. In some ways it was hard. Um, it was I, I, a few months later, I, I had to have reconstructive surgery. Um, I was getting kidney failure. I came back out of that. And a few months later, I shattered my jaw. They say that all things happen in threes. So I've kind of had to deal with dusting myself off and getting myself up on a few different occasions. And I ended up then going down and working on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange uh, with 5,000 men. And that was a pretty intense, unbelievable experience. I spent about eight years on Wall Street. 
And although okay, wait, 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 I did not wait, 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 let me cut in here because I mean, you're going so fast and my jaw is on the floor and I'm sure my, you know, our listeners are too. <laughs> <laughs> so slow down. <laughs> I just roll off. You say just roll off me. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Go ahead. Because, you know, because it's just like, what the heck happened? First of all, what kind of dog was it? And what was the situation that that happened? So we were down uh, in Florida training for the big East tournament and I was at my doubles partner's house. And I love animals, and she had a Dalmatian, and I was petting the dog, my very long curly hair, and I was sitting on the back side, like on the, on, like kneeling on my knees on the back of the couch, talking to her mom, mm-hmm. and the dog was sitting on the couch, and 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 its head was like on the back of the couch, right by my face, and I was scratching it for like 15 minutes, and the rest of my team was upstairs except one of the girls was having an affair with my coach and they were in a hotel room. That's a whole story in itself. <laughs> and he was like 56 and she was 19. And by the way, he ended up in jail. That's a whole story in itself. Um, anyway, um, mm-hmm. the dog just changed and just manic, just went for my face and ripped my face in part. And I will tell you that there is a whole, uh, you know, the, 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 the perception of a Dalmatian, they firehouse dogs, they're children, they're, they inbreed those dogs. Those are not friendly dogs. And it literally wow. tore my face apart. So wow. that was a horrific experience in my life. I was a freshman in college, um, and I actually <sighs> stopped playing tennis for many years because there was a whole entire dramatic thing with my coach because he wasn't anywhere to be found. And, and couldn't reach my parents and and oh my uh, he tried to make up a story so that he could protect where he was and blah 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 needless to say I didn't pick up a racket for like 10 years oh but wow now I'm back to playing competitive tennis again at 47 so that's okay but it was a very oh hard time in my life I will say so I went back to school and that was freshman year and a few months later I had major reconstruction uh, surgery on my bladder because my kidneys were going into failure and right after doing that, literally going back into my sophomore year, three weeks into sophomore year, I shattered my jaw, and I had to have my jaw wired shut. How? So between my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, so we were playing a little game of a thing called powder puff football, right, when I was finally able to play again. And uh, I decided I didn't want to walk around the fence, and I climbed up, and a very large girl was climbing up at the same time. Her foot got caught in the in the fence, and midair she landed on top of me, and oh blindsided me, and I landed on my jaw on concrete. Good times, Mary. Good times had by all. Oh. Wow. So things do happen in threes, but we moved on and we persevered. But it was, you know, I was a young girl. I was in I was in college, and there was no. You know, oh, what was me? And, and, and oh, I'm taking his, I'm not a semester off. There was none of that. And I think that really paved the way of how to persevere and how to move on. And, it, and it, I stayed, I try to stay positive. But by the way, there was many times during that, during those several months that I was, I was in serious pain. Um, oh. But we got through it. We got through it. Wow. And then graduated. Syracuse and ended up in uh, Wall Street and then spent like eight years on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And I realized and that? that, listen, it gave me a tremendous foundation for business and I, I, I love pressure. 
um, and being one of the very few females on the floor of the exchange with, with very intense men, um, with 5,000 guys, I had to prove who I was every single day. And there was, this is way before the Me Too movement, Mayor. This is way before, uh, there was a lot of things going on. This is early, early, uh, mid nineties. And, uh, Things that were said and done to me would never, ever go well now. It would never occur. There would be serious mm-hmm. ramifications. Wow. Um, and I decided in, right after 9-11, I started testing for the FBI. And I wanted to be on the anti-terrorist squad. But the truth is, you don't get to pick what squad you're on. And my luck, I was going to be like in pushing paper. And mm-hmm. I realized I wanted to really go through boot camp so I combined my three passions. I was also spending time. I did uh, off-Broadway on the longest-running off-Broadway show, Tony and Tina's Wedding. I was one of the leads, and I decided I was going to trade in my trading jacket and my high heels for a pair of fatigues and combat boots and combine my three passions of sports, business, and entertainment and opened the only nation's indoor obstacle confidence course. And I thought after 9-11, people wanted to be more spiritually and physically stronger. Mm -hmm. So I extrapolated uh, several or 13 obstacles from Fort Knox, Louisville, uh, Kentucky, the military base, and I put an indoor obstacle course in a loft in in a 7,500-square-foot loft, and I painted 90% of it for free, I mean myself. I had no money, so there was nothing I couldn't, like, I, I was literally bootstrapped. And I walked away from a, a Wall Street with six licenses, and I was bartending and cocktail waitressing to pay my rent to open this business. And I stood on a corner on Fifth Avenue in December when it was, like, 25, it was freezing outside and snowing with a camouflage bikini and a blowhorn and fatigue screaming on the top of my lungs, giving out my flyers. Talk about insanity. Um, you know, I have been to New York and during that time, and I cannot even imagine. I mean, of course, I'm from, Cal- from California. So, you know, I'm a California girl and the weather and everything. <laughs> I'm such a baby about it. But, I mean, I could barely make it from my hotel to walking down a few doors to get something to eat at a restaurant. It's like, I need to get inside. I can't even imagine you out there in a bikini. How the heck yeah, did you do that yeah. without getting frostbite? So, uh, uh, by the way, I, I did get sick after that, but it was it was mind <laughs> over matter, and I, I needed to get people in my doors, and I could not pay for a PR company. And when you need to make stuff happen, you make stuff happen. It's like I the tiger, where there's a will, there's a way. Right. And... I got uh, Monica Novotny from the MSNBC show, The Keith Oberman Countdown, spotted me, came in, took a class, and a few weeks later, I was the number one, number one on the Keith Oberman Countdown. I did all my own PR. I was sending press kits with dog tags and fatigues and a draft notice to all the anchors on all the uh, morning shows, and mm-hmm. And within a few months, I had a three-month, I was like, I had a three-month waiting period. Like, I was killing it. My, wow. I was, uh, it was, it was pretty impressive. And my dream came to fruition. Um, 
and I showed that I, I could do it. I could do it. And I said, if I can make it in New York, I can make it anywhere. Um, with, within four months of doing that, I had a lot of naysayers out there. A lot of people, I think, wanting to see if I, I know my parents weren't too pleased that I just walked away from a Wall Street job. And uh, I had to prove that, that I was going to make it happen. In mm-hmm. four months, I was getting incessant calls from this guy, this Army guy, that told me he had these major backers and wanted to open a huge facility in Michigan and called me every single day, Mary, like twice a day and kept saying, you have to come out. I have to meet you. I have to meet you. And I was doing corporate team building at the time. And he told me he was doing 26 CEOs were, were going to jump from helicopters onto a field doing this paintball event. And it was supposed to be this unbelievable team building, like crazy day. And I said, you know, this guy's calling me every single day, twice a day. He's like so passionate. And I felt that I had to give this guy. Oh, no. We lost her. She'll call back. She'll call back in a second. Okay, so I'm listening to the story. And I'm sure you guys are with me on this. I mean, like literally my jaw is like, how do you do that? How as a child do you incur so much uh, physical pain, trauma, recovery, and have that, that will to survive, to keep going? This is what I was talking about, you know, with, with the difference between this entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial spirit, spirit, and then just the one who wants to do it, but they can't. Um, okay, Lauren, you're on. You know, you there? I, and so when I was okay. in, when, yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah. And when okay. I was in, so when I went, I flew to Michigan and to experience this, and it was probably one of the dumbest things I ever did. Um, but I thought, here's a guy with fire, here's a guy with passion. And I get there and I get picked up from two, a stranger that I don't even know. And I drive an hour and a half into the woods where there's no cell service. It was probably, oh when I said, Mary, like the dumbest thing I could have done. I get there. There are no helicopters. There are no 26 CEOs. There are like eight guys just playing paintball. And I'm like, and it was cold. It was June. It was like 65. It was weird. It was like, and I was so tired. <sighs> I was on no sleep from working all, like all these hours because I was a one-woman show. I am just like, why? Why would you do that? I mean, I understand you, you explain why, but that is crazy. What a huge risk you took. I, I closed my entire business down for the day to fly there. Oh. And now this guy was, it, this was the biggest waste of time. And it was so oh. disrespectful towards me. Oh, and I was God. so angry and I couldn't get a car or anything back. And there was no service where I was. Like, I really set myself up. It was, again, one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life. Mm. And so now I have five and a half hours to kill. I grab the paintball gun, but I was freezing because I'm on no sleep. And it was raining out. And I go, give me the gun. I'm just going to do, I'm going to play paintball. And within 30 seconds, I was running. And I went to, like, slide behind a bunker. And I don't know what happened. My, I tripped on something. Oh, no. But my ankle, 
I shattered my foot. And if you remember misery, when your foot went backwards, oh my, my gosh. foot was hanging, literally twisted backwards. And I was laying in the woods for too long and they didn't take me to the hospital for over an hour. And I couldn't find one actually. And I, lo- I was losing all the blood supply to my foot. Oh and my I was God. stuck in Michigan. And I shattered my tibia, my fibia, my talus, and I ruptured all the ligaments in my leg. And by the time I got back to New York, uh, rushed, I was rushed in, and they were trying to save my foot from being amputated. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, uh, I, it's more than I can handle. Girl. I, I mean, story. seriously, when I, talk, when I talk about the craziness that has gone on, and here I just opened a business four months you know, prior, um, but I will tell you, the devotion from my, my, my clients, each one of them, Merrily, signed up anywhere six more weeks to six months just so I can get revenue. And I went through a major operation, and I was, on, I was in a cast for seven months, four months, no weight-bearing. And I couldn't put my foot down. I was back at the office. I, back, I opened up back two weeks into it. And I was teaching on crutches, no weight bearing on my foot, living in New York City alone. Oh. And I went, it was, an, this was a time in my life it was kind of a blur. But I would not let my business go down. And the devotion from my clients of how this thing changed their lives within the four months, was mm-hmm. a testament to how amazing this business was. And wow. I ended up in physical therapy three hours a day, four days a week. I had all my calls forwarded to my phone on my cell. And they were telling me that I was most likely going to walk with a limp and have to wear a brace. And here, I, you know, sports have been a huge part of my life. And I have to say I worked so hard that four-inch heels again, struck my stuff and back to my athletic prowess and, and, and life went on. And seven months, eight months after I was asked to be, uh, I was back on TV and I was the today show fitness contributor. Uh, I was on almost every week. I was their paid contributor. And then the business really just started crushing. I was in taxi cabs and was all over the buses in New York city. And I went to license in 43 States to franchise and life was going well and I was kicking some serious butt and I hired former Marines to be my trainers. I wanted these Marines to act like, you know, have, they felt like I wanted to give something back. So here they were gone for years. And if you served in combat, they came back and, and they felt like they missed years out of their lives. And how did, how did they act me back in society? Mm-hmm. So I only hired former Marines that served in combat and I trained them on my program, it was about, you know, when they're in the military and the Marines, it's about breaking, breaking people down to rebuild them. In my thing, it was all about positive reinforcement. And mm-hmm. you only inspire by positive feedback, not by negative feedback. And how to train people of all different shapes, sizes, and levels, well, that, that's, that's the difficult part, and do it in a positive way and become a cohesive team. And whether you're a a, a trader, a doctor, a stay-at-home mom, a teacher, uh, a secretary, we're all treated with the same respect. We're all treated with integrity and with honor, and you are part of a platoon. And we had uh, principles of leadership, and 
learning how to speak to civilians, right? Yeah, and it was, that's so important. It was, it was a difficult thing, and, and I, I found one guy that I felt like he was my brother, meaning, mm-hmm. like, I got close to him. He just had a high school degree. Uh, he was heavy when I met him, but I thought he was this compassionate. He had something different than the other guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we got very close, not in a romantic way, in any way whatsoever, but, like, I, I really liked, I really got close to him as, like, a brother. Mm-hmm. And he became one of my lead, he was my lead drill instructor. I hired his roommate, who I did not like, actually, and I went against my intuition. Mm-hmm. And I hired him out of respect for the, the sort of Ruben, who I did really care for. And I had a whole team. And spent a fortune on protecting my my concept. I had I hired very expensive intellectual property attorneys, uh, trade dress protection, non competes. I did merrily everything an entrepreneur is supposed to do to protect their brainchild, to protect their entrepreneurial concept. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of money on franchise attorneys, and I did a UFOC, a franchise offering. And I did a business plan, a startup manual, an operations manual. And then I, was, I secured an agent uh, to write a self-help book using fitness as a foundation, a self-help book for women. And then I went and signed leases, and I was opening up three locations, uh, Jericho and uh, Fort Lauderdale and Vegas, and then I was going to franchise the rest. And I okay, so wait, 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 wait. Before we go on... <laughs> Were yes. you doing this all by yourself, or were you married at this time? I was all by myself. I was single with a, my beautiful pussy cat. I oh, just had, I just had to goodness. keep my cat and myself fed. Girl, mm. there was Mm-mm. there was no one. There was no time. There was no time for marriage at this point. There was no time for date. I was dating. I was, but I was dating someone I knew I've never married. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, um, but <laughs> I, I, I. This was me. I, I wasn't ready to be married, to be honest with you. I, I needed my journey, and I wasn't ready to be a mom, and I wasn't ready. I needed to prove, I needed to have my success, and I needed to, to show that uh, I could do this. And I, and I was kind of obsessed with it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I wasn't smelling the flowers, and not that I wasn't doing all of the stuff, but this had to be, this, this, I was focused. So yeah. all these fires, it was... Uh, it was me alone, and when I went to open, I turned down venture capital money. They came in and offered to buy me for a lot of money for 49%, and I decided since it was only my cat and I, and another venture capital friend of mine said, if you own three more locations, company locations, and you franchise the rest, your, the multiple for your business will be so much greater. You don't need to sell out now. I was only like 32 years old at the time, and I was mm. doing very well. There was no reason to get out. Yeah. So I I you offered Ruben, right? I offered Ruben uh-huh. 49% of the Jericho location, and he told me he could not do it because he was going through a bad divorce and didn't want to get me involved or my business in anything that was happening, which I thought was weird, to be honest with you. Uh, six weeks into opening, I found out that he and 
start over. My front desk, my assistant was trying to get a Hotmail account because something went down on our computers. And when she went to get a Hotmail account, all these emails came out because Alex, the other guy that I didn't like, Ruben's uh, uh, Mm -hmm. roommate, Mm -hmm. opened up a Hotmail account on my front desk computer and it went through 254 emails of how he and Ruben and two clients of mine, they were having affairs with two girls, two clients of mine that no one knew about, how they were conspiring to steal my entire business and own the exact one with all my clients. And I had 254 emails come up on my front desk computer on how they were breaking, they broke into my office and how they stole my business plan, my startup manual, uh, my operations manual, how they stole their non-competes, how they stole the first two chapters of the book I was writing, how they were naming their business after the book I was writing, Mm -hmm. um, and how they were telling all my clients that I was, they had their two girlfriends who was one that was a silent partner and put all the money up and no one knew that these girls were their girlfriends and it was her business that she put the name up, she put the lease up, that she was talking to these clients, telling the clients that I was doing horrible things to the guys and Lauren is not what she seems to be. And then we la- they were laughing about it, Merrily, in the emails. And she nicknamed herself, call me Miss Conversion. I just converted another Lauren lover. Everything she owns is going to be ours. It was like a bad soap opera, Merrily. I can't even believe it was a bad soap opera. I can't even believe bad intentions and betrayal and pain. Yeah. So I can't believe the four people came together to do this. Oh, badly. And I was losing, going to lose million a bit badly. And uh, within six weeks of owning Jericho, this all happened. And his answer to me was, I always told you when I caught, when I confronted him, you were always, I always told you you were too nice. And I came in, and my business was, was broke, like walls were broken. Uh, I had to go to the DA's office, um, and the ADA told me that they were pressing criminal charges, and there were 1,763 counts of grand larceny, and to hold tight. And five days later, called me up and said, Lauren, I have bad news. I'm going on maternity leave. The DA's office is short-staffed. We had an internal meeting, and they deem you very high profile. And because you are high profile, that means you have the means to fight it in civil court. Wow. So we're going to step out of this on the criminal side, even though it is criminal, but we have to use our resources for the people that don't have the means. Do you believe? Mm-hmm. I was mortified. I was so angry, Merrily, so mm. angry that these people, and I now had to spend all this time, all and I was going to go bankrupt. I was going bankrupt. I was going to lose everything I had. And uh. because the little catch here was, my lawyer attached the emails that were found on my front desk computer. But now the fact it was called the Stored Communications Act that because my the the, the hard because it wasn't on my server, it was a Hotmail account. It wasn't a pure power server, even though it was on my front desk computer, I wasn't allowed access to use those emails. What and a loophole, so man. That's terrible. Sideshow. This is what I'm talking about. It's like 
when some it's it's these little loopholes that people get away with stuff and for a year and a half the sideshow went on and they it ended up making law review and they had laws on this about they they've never I mean because of all the computer and technology and right and they were allowed to open and I wasn't allowed to talk about it to any client or anything in the media because it was part of a lawsuit mm-hmm. and meanwhile I had a loaded gun with all the proof that they were lying and they told everyone on TV that this was their brainchild and they oh, opened wow. with all my clients. Ugh. Can you believe this? I mean, this is, this is horrible. This is an entrepreneur's worst nightmare. Now I have 220 interests of franchise like out and I had f- f- three locations um, company owned that was scheduled to open. I had to cancel them, pull back, there were three franchises, I'm sorry, four franchises that I could not let to go, go forward because here I'm in a major lawsuit trying to, on mm-hmm. intellectual property, so, and I'm bleeding cash. Oh, and by the way, Ruben, right before this happened, told me that one of my guys, was not, who was a, a, senior guy, a senior instructor, was not showing up, lied to get me to fire him so I'd be so short-staffed that I, had, mm. I was going between two locations. And the people that were with me, all now, most of them, a lot of them went with them because they were lied to, and I wasn't allowed to show how the, I, the proof that they were lying. Wow. Wow. And I had two locations I was trying to uh, – it was such a disaster, and I was solo at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to spend – and the burden is on the plaintiff. I had to spend hours upon hours with lawyers. I pulled out of the media. So now I was not in TV anymore. I had to deal with trying to get out of these leases that I signed. You know, that, that was, there were legal ramifications to that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were posting all these horrible things against me, but there's four of them on, on all these different websites that I had to sit and put fires out. If I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, Merrily, what this would have done to me. Of course, I oh. wanted to crawl up into a, a ball and, and, and a fetal position and, and knock it and, t- and cry like, I'm a, how can this happen to me? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. this was a horrific, horrific, horrific experience. Mm-hmm. Horrific. Yeah, it's, it's, it's demonic. The, the intention is just unreal that there's people who show unreal. up and, and are okay with that. And to look themselves in the 100%. A hundred percent. The, the, okay. So now after going through three and a half years of, of a legal debacle and I had my attorney got disbarred during it because, uh, for, he went through a divorce. I mean, I had craziness happen. I had pure craziness go on while this was happening. And this is talking about fueling your fire. I mean, they would have loved to see me pack my bags and, and, and go, go, go away. But mm-hmm. I was never going to show that. I was right. never, ever going to let them take my fire. Right. Because at the end wow. of the day, I'm an entrepreneur. At the end of the day, I'm a player. And there are differences. There are spectators and there are players. These were thieves. These were not anything. These were parasites. Mm-hmm. These were parasites. Um, and so when people say, forgive, you know, do you have forgiveness? No, I don't have forgiveness. And, and you don't mm-hmm. forgive people if they don't want to be forgiven. So there is a whole thing on forgiveness. And I don't, I don't, <clears> I, <throat> well, I, 
I, I, I went through what I went through. Um, I believe people don't understand there's certain things that are not forgivable and it doesn't, it, it wasn't going, and I, and I don't believe everyone needs to be forgiven. That's uh, to me, that's, that's, that's not true. Um, well, I, you are forgiven when you want to, <laughs> when, when someone, when someone goes out of their way and if you do something horrible and you try to be forgiven, for, if you want forgiveness and you go out of your way to apologize and do everything, that's a different thing. But there's certain things that are not forgive that are not forgivable. Mm-hmm. And when right. someone doesn't, there's even, no remorse. Someone goes out of their way. There's no remorse. No. When mm-hmm. I saw them in in court, they were laughing in my face. Ugh. Okay. So. Oh, so um, and when I read the things that they did, yeah. But at the end of the day, I went and secured patents, and I uh, I sold out three times on QVC. See, but as there are different, there's differences. There are people that own businesses, there are people that steal businesses, and then there are people that create. Mm-hmm. And if you're a creator, right. and That's you're right. an entrepreneur, no one can take away who you That's are, right. what you're made Amen. of. And mm-hmm. I knew what I was made of. Mm-hmm. And it was, I would never, ever wish this on anybody. And <sighs> I would never say, well, it didn't kill me, made me stronger. I, I don't need any of that, to be honest. Right. <laughs> but I will tell you, I, I really don't. A lot of that stuff is a lot of talk. I don't, I right. don't need that. Um, and I've been tested time and time again. And I don't believe that everything happens for reasons. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. It's just so, how okay. that, but that doesn't define who you are. How you yeah. how you get out of it defines who you are. Yes, how Not you handle it, absolutely. Happen. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, you know, um, I'm listening to this. It was just such a heavy, heavy heart. Because not only am I listening to you as an entrepreneur, a survivor, but as a parent. It's like, how are your parents handling this, watching their daughter go through this? Am so I making an assumption? Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I love my parents. I have great parents. Um, they're not the touchy feely, uh, come and let me rescue my daughter type. Mm. Um, my dad wow. didn't even didn't even cause a lot of issues, I guess, in that in that regard. And maybe that made me who I am in some ways. And I I, I could say I wish it was different, but my dad uh, to this day didn't even doesn't even acknowledge or recognize I think it's always just Lauren will always be okay my goodness so there's no my mom had my mom was very angry about for for you know for me um Mm -hmm. and but and I think her heart really hurt for me um Mm -hmm. if there was not much she could do right she was going through her own stuff in life and I think I mean and I and I and I know she would want to you know, she she loathed these people. She detested these people. You know, um, she cried for me. She did. Right. But again, there's not there's not much she could do. And right. I I knew that at the end of the day, this was on me, <clears throat> and um, I was not going down without a fight. And I wasn't. I had no intention of going down. But it it hurt me to my core. It, it hurt me to my core. And it mm-hmm. changed the landscape for several years of my life. Yeah. But the but the fuel to find your fire, and you need to keep fueling it. Like you can never ever get complacent 
and never, people say, well, what could you have done differently? And I've gone back on this, you know, Marilee, a zillion times. There's really nothing I could have or would have done differently. I hate to say that. And that's the truth. It's um, kind of an insulting question, don't you think? I, you know, I have to say it's, yes, I, you know, my, I, I do think it. Thank you for saying that. I do think it's, well, what, what would you, what would you, what do you learn from that? You know, and I want to be like, I learned that people, some people are disgusting. Like, well, because what I, they're I doing is, is looking at you and, and putting blame by some yeah, fault of your you know, own. You, yeah. Mm-mm. I don't like that. I, I don't, don't like that either. And I'm really glad that you said that. I, I feel yeah. that there, again, certain times, very bad things happen to good people. And there's certain things that you can't fix. There's certain things that you couldn't foresee. There's cer- you understand what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. th- that was one of those things. I, I do understand. I like the guy. Yeah. You know? I, you know, I, and, it just makes me feel really disappointed for whoever is asking you that question. And any listener, don't ever ask that question. You don't know until you're there. And all of us are doing the best that we can with what we've got at the time we've got it. And, you know, we want to trust each other. And the bottom line is you want to trust another human. You have to hope that they are going to have some sort sort of moral compass. You know, yeah, we need to learn how to identify, you know, good character. Sure, we can all polish on that. But you don't ask me what I could have done different. Gee, thanks. Thanks for hearing my story. (laughs) I apologize for them. And, you know, it also comes down to when people say, look, my dad, did you have a contract signed? I'm like, contracts, it can be signed. I've had, I had non-competes. Again, I did everything a entrepreneur is supposed to do. means nothing. You end up in court. You end up having to fight it. You end up, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I want entrepreneurs listening you, and understand that just because you do all the things you're supposed to do, That's that right. doesn't mean you're in the clear and everything's safe and protected. No. Nope. No. No, because at the end of the day, we're dealing with each other. Humans. Human and human. Or so we think. I mean, these people are like, like the zombies. They have absolutely no soul. Anybody who, who no feels right in doing what they did to you, you know what? The rest of their life, God help them. Because they're, they're not going to get no. away with that. You, you can't get away with that. I, I always say karma, right? That's right. And I hope karma, at the end of the day, um, and this, the, the, these people have ch- now have children, and I want to see, I want their child. I know, I know they have one son. Uh, two of them have some. I want the son to read the paper and see what their parents are really, what they're about. And then I want yeah. them to have to ex- explain that to their child mm-hmm. while they're talking about the value system and integrity uh-huh. and I, honor. I doubt that you know conversation I mean? is going to happen. <laughs> I have a feeling it won't because I agree. I agree. And so yeah. here it gets the, 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 the kicker gets more interesting. Hmm. So after years of the lawsuit, I finally get my court date, and in the final hour, I find out that my attorney, my intellectual property attorney, registered the wrong trade dress registrations. I'm in court, Merrily, and I find oh that God. out. 
Oh, my gosh. Okay. So this uh, nightmare went on. And so I got vindication. Okay, they, they got caught. But the amount of money that I, I lost in legal bills mm-hmm. and the amount of money I recovered in court because the things were done wrong was a fraction. And they were, ended up staying open because if you're open for over a year in New York, in New York City, they frown upon shutting you down. So I then had to sue my attorneys, and I spent another six or seven years. So it was like a 10-year period, oh my and I goodness. finally got a settlement two and a half years ago um, and won. But wow, I, ha- I had to stay by the fact of what I believed in, what I knew to be the truth, mm-hmm. know my truth, and know who I am, but it never defined who I was. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And that's my mm-hmm. thing to an entrepreneur. Like, you could have the greatest, greatest, greatest invention, greatest idea. You could do everything, but you have to keep, you have to be willing because people are going to try to steal your fire. That's and when right. you're on top, the outside noise is going to be there. You know, the, when you're doing great and you're killing it and crushing it, everyone's going to be around. And then they're going to, then they're going to be people trying to take you down. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, getting, yeah. it's knowing who you are, being comfortable in your own skin, knowing when you're a creator, you're a creator. When you're a, when, when you're an entrepreneur and you have those juices, it's part of it. That, that's who you are. It's your mm-hmm. fiber. It's your journey. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. let anyone steal your fire. Mm-hmm. And being well, a business owner is different than being an entrepreneur. That's also a big thing that I explain to people. There are many business owners. doesn't mean they're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Tell us the difference. So a business owner is someone that could have money and can just open up a concept or take someone else's concept. Or if they own a franchise, doesn't mean they're an entrepreneur. That means they're a business owner. It wasn't their invention. It wasn't their creation. It wasn't they're owning it. When you create something and it's new and it's innovative and you are the, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. Mm -hmm. These people were thieves. And yep. they were business. I, they ended up being business owners, not yes. entrepreneurs. But they're right. also parasitic thieves. And then they ended up getting. And then I found out the, this one. So the the girl who put the money down, uh, she was a celebrity chef, uh, worked as the celebrity chef, and he was an executive for the celebrity chef. And mm-hmm. she did she did everything. She went to Wharton Business School. And she did wow. everything, and it said in the emails for him to marry her. So if we steal everything Lauren has, and I get you this business, will you marry me? And it was all. Oh crazy. my so gosh! And she now works for BlackRock, which is unbelievable. She now works at a company, and you from a Wharton Business graduate, and 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 she was found guilty in federal court for stealing conversion and the fact that one of the wow. top leading financial institutions hired her without yeah, doing due diligence is, is, is really amazing to me. It just shows the state of, I mean, really amazing. And that's, that's good information right there. Right. That's good. Information. That's yeah. Itself. A lot of people. So yeah. he was having an affair with one of her clients and one of the, one of the clients and they got divorced and then the two guys had irreconcilable differences and they broke up. So karma in certain ways, you know, it's working. Um, and I ended up just keep fueling fire and like fueling my fire. And, mm-hmm. but it did, but it was, it hurt, but it talks about 
perseverance and resilience are the two biggest uh, ingredients an entrepreneur needs to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my determination, opinion. too, for sure. Yes, hundred um, percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, where is the business now? Is it still in operation or no? The gym. No, after twelve years. So I had I had three locations at that point, and twelve years later, in two thousand sixteen, um, I wanted to take time and and be a mom. I ended up finally having a beautiful little girl, being married, having a beautiful baby, and I wanted to leave on a high note, and I mm-hmm. wanted to spend some time being mom with this beautiful, delicious, adorable mm-hmm. little girl, and it was time to. Uh, to end that chapter in my life, but it was way after the lawsuit. It was four years after the lawsuit. I I went through it. I weathered the storm, um, was still successful, and I wanted to end it on a high note and took some time off. And then I ended up, I said I was going to take about two years off, two to three years off. And I, then I ended up doing, um, I wanted to stay with inspirating and impacting people in a positive way, but I didn't want to, I wanted to do it in a different a different type of vertical at that point. And I started doing motivational speaking and uh-huh. empowerment workshops in um, schools and universities. And I've done, uh, was doing corporate, corporate work with sales teams. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was based on perseverance and resilience. And then with young girls, really working about confidence and what is, what does it mean to be empowered? I have a podcast called Empowered with Lauren, and it's about leading by example women standing for women and girls standing for girl, cultivating a society where girls stand for girls and we mm-hmm. build each other up and how, what, what letting go of what perception is letting go of how social media has been dictating our lives and getting back to being authentic and being yeah. real. Yeah. Um, and so getting a lot of momentum with that. And I am looking at this point, you know, working much more, with with like kind of like performance uh, coaching and what makes people tick and how to how to really tap into high performing, uh, mm-hmm. even like in, in in a business relationship, and in sports. So it's been an interesting time now. Obviously, with the pandemic, has changed a lot of things. And regrouping, the book came out, and now focusing on how we're going to take this journey because it's very different on what it was going to be like a year ago. I, I you know, signed on with this great agency and I was working, going to be doing a lot of corporate stuff, but now it's not what we had in, envisioned and we just need mm-hmm. to reevaluate. And I have a few things on the burner right now and I don't want to say it until it comes to fruition, but mm-hmm. stay tuned. I think I, I may be announcing something in the next possible two months, which will be, I think, groundbreaking. And the entrepreneurial fire is burning very strongly mm. with me. And I'm I excited. think uh, I'll be making a, making a different comeback in a different way right now. And I think it's going to be pretty spectacular and pretty huge. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I mean, after that story, people are just like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. <laughs> I gotta rethink this. <laughs> you, oh. you, my girl, are a beautiful light and filled with pure love and energy, and you're cut out for it. Come on now. 
We're gonna make. I tell we're you. Gonna do, we're gonna do great things, and I know. Oh, it. girl, my path is so much easier. It's all about love. <laughs> it's all about love. <laughs> well, oh never, my see, goodness. When I when I had the pl- privilege of interviewing the other day, when I got to switch spots and 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 interview you, and I was asking you, and I said, "Mad, there's certain times in life. What do you feel when?" When when someone what do you tell people when you when someone gets betrayed and I was and I was talking about this in my own life yeah and mm-hmm. I, I can't say I shower them with love it would be very it would not be authentic of me if I told you that right so, no and and that's literally the misunderstanding about love our head is not wrapped around the idea of love and the right way to love and this is why we struggle so much and this is why we can't keep our relationships together and this is Literally why we have to betray. We, it's just like there's no direction. It's so needed. So needed. It would, it would so really needed. lift the burden off of everybody if we really knew what love was and how it operates. It's so, it's so much easier than you think. <laughs> yeah, Not in the beginning, I, I though, because in the beginning it's all it, ego. Right. I do, but I do think there's certain people that are just evil. Mm-hmm. And I think those Absolutely. are people that you, there's nothing there's you, you don't need to shower them or give anything with love to them. You just need to get away from those people. You absolutely do. And you know what? It, it, to that point, loving them is honoring yourself. So you're not out there being the town crier, letting everybody know. You know how some people will go on Facebook and they want to let everybody know every detail of the wrongs and how they're feeling and all their dirty laundry. And no, it's dishonorable behavior. So right. by you, right. right. So they may deserve it. You know, they may be, they may deserve to be called out and let everybody know how wretched they are. But instead you do the honorable thing and you keep your mouth shut. Let God take over. You can't get away. Well, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I wrote this, it was part of my story. So I wasn't hmm. going to keep quiet to keep, you know, the story of what happened, it, it's a true story. And I think telling people my story was very cathartic for me. Oh, no, I don't, I don't mean it wasn't in the about book. getting. I'm talking oh, about okay. splashing so like, it. Like you know, some people take, oh, you know, they yeah, take no, no, this no, story no, and you're that. constantly, constantly, constantly everywhere. Anybody who will listen, you're going to, you know, badmouth these people. I'm not talking about a book because what you're doing is you're helping others. Yeah, right. So okay. don't, please don't I misunderstand me there. Right, 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 right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't waste my energy now. I want nothing to do. I want, I, like, let, like you said, let's take over now. Yep. 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 Right. Like that's, that's not, good. I'm not, I'm not, I, I want nothing to do with them. And right. I also know to, to, when certain people are around to take your energy, you don't give it to them. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. They're just, they're vampires. They're well, vampires. They're vampires. Well, our hour is up, dear. Though it just flew by. I appreciate it everything always, that you contributed I, I today. It was an awesome interview. <laughs> and and Mara, thank you so much for the time today. And thank you for You're being welcome. patient as I get pulled over. We know that's just part of the journey. <laughs> um, we, but there's always some laughs with us, though. We always laugh. We always, that's, that's right. Same. You got to keep this laughing. Real life, right? Laughter. This is real life. So that's right. And for all of our listeners girl. out thank there. You for everything. You're welcome. For our listeners out there, if you want to connect with Lauren, you can go to Lauren at EmpoweredWithLauren.com. And you can go to her website. It's um, EmpoweredWithLauren.com. Okay. Oh, Lauren at Lauren. Empower- ah, sorry, girl. Lauren at EmpoweredWithLauren.com <laughs> is her email. 
And um, I put it all in the notes. If you want to contact either one of us, I appreciate you listening. And you have a wonderful day. Much love to you all. Thanks, Lauren. Bye, Mayor. Thank you. Bye-bye.